Welcome back to the Epsom College podcast. Today we are joined by Ashin, who is currently in Upper Six. So Ashin, when did your Epsom College journey begin? So I joined the college in Lower Sixth, the Sixth Form, and I recently just did my A-levels, so hopefully they've gone well. So what A-levels did you actually do? I did Maths, Chemistry, Biology, and I did an EPQ in Lower Sixth. So what was your EPQ on? My EPQ was about, um, should we should we use nanotechnology in the treatment of cancer? That's so interesting. I think I actually remember seeing you present to our year group in-house. So do you have um, sort of intentions to become a doctor in the future? Yeah, surprisingly I do with that combination and that EPQ title, big shock. But um, yeah, so I applied for medicine this year and obviously it was really difficult because Mm. I wasn't able to get um, a lot of work experience, which I probably, well, hopefully I would have secured anyways. Um, And that would have obviously helped my application a lot more, but because of lockdown and everything, I wasn't able to do that. Uh, but luckily, somehow I still got two offers to study medicine at Queen's Belfast and um, Liverpool. So That's so impressive. Thank you. Especially with the whole uh, situation. And I've also heard that there was a lot of um, sort of demand to become um, and to apply to medicine due to, I think, yeah. maybe the pandemic sort of showing the need for that sort of area of work yeah like an extra 5,000 people applied this year for medicine so it was really tough and um like averagely only one person got an interview so it was yeah so impressive so has have you uh, actually chosen which university you want to go to yeah so I recently visited both of them and I just felt that I that I would fit in more with Liverpool and I just um I think it it just spoke out to me a lot more and I really liked um, how they had really good placements. So they have obviously a lot of famous hospitals up there. So the um, Alderhays Hospital and the Women's Hospital and sorry, I'm blubbering now about medicine, but yeah, um, <laughs> no, I'm good, excited. Good to know. So you actually got in contact with the podcast team to talk about a really important issue. Do you want to sort of explain a bit about what this podcast is going to be on? Yeah, so I got in touch during lockdown with Allegra about um, possibly doing a podcast about Asian racism because it is a very current topic and it has been ongoing for years but I think that the coronavirus has the pandemic has really highlighted it Mm. to you know it's kind of brought it it's always been a very subtle underlying issue but I think it's it's been made a lot more apparent with the recent increase in hate crimes. I saw that these hate crimes are becoming more frequent. You know, in America, they they raised by 1,300% and in the UK as well, by 300%. So I thought about reaching out to you actually a few times before, but um, so in the first time it was because I was um, studying for a medicine interview. So I was researching about the pandemic and its effects on the healthcare workers and I saw that there was um, a doctor working in an A&E ward in London called Dr. Lee and he was from Asia and he suffered prejudice so he he had a patient who he was trying to treat because obviously he or she was unwell and unfortunately he was met with a really unwelcoming response and this patient 
just refused to see him and asked for a different doctor or a non-Asian doctor because she believed that he would be carrying the virus, which just isn't really true. And it's just showing that she clearly has, you know, prejudice and he's just trying to do his job and save lives, which is obviously a really difficult job anyways. But I think it's really difficult when you're met with that kind of response and your intention is only to be to do good and help this person but after that so I did think about reaching out at that point but I did get too nervous and so I kind of decided not to but then a few weeks later I saw that there was a hate crime in America against an 84 year old man called Victor Ratanapakti and he was from Thailand and immigrated to the US and um, I think he immigrated to the US because he wanted to help his family and one day he was on a walk and I think a 19 year old or a teenager just assaulted him and he hit his head which resulted him in being in a coma for a few days and unfortunately he died and I just thought that that was it's just so wrong for that to have ever happened and all he did was go on a walk like all of us in lockdown and he can't even do that and I thought that me being in a lucky privileged position that I am that I'm still living and I don't really and I luckily haven't ever had to experience someone physically assaulting me just because of the way I look I should do something I just felt that I couldn't stand idly by while this is happening I I know that obviously, I mean, I'm sure that people listening to this podcast aren't assaulting, you know, people based on their appearance. And so this podcast is more about what you can do realistically, mm-hmm. because there is a lot of things that people aren't aware of, which is fine, because if no one's told you about it, then how could you ever know to change that? And so that's why... I reached out to you today and I'm really happy that you, you know, um, wanted to do this as well. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for sort of having the confidence to speak about this topic because I feel that I feel really strongly that this will educate people and hopefully prevent future issues like the ones you explained from happening. See, what I find like the most pressing issue is that despite the fact that I read the news, I haven't come across these sort of issues and these incidents, you know, they kind of get swept under the carpet and not discussed and not addressed. And therefore the issue is still continuing. Yeah, definitely. And I think that there's also obviously a lot of people, they don't want to see things that are going to be difficult. You know, you don't want to wake up in the morning and see and hear on the news that someone is being assaulted or someone has died from a hate, from a fatal like attack. And I think, I, whilst I understand that, um, I also think that it's part of like the model minority myth and that when it kind of happens, like Asians, they won't really speak out about it, which is like actually very true. And obviously within racism, there's many different layers. So you have the hate crimes, you have racial jokes, but they're not always kind of received that way. And yeah, I think that personally, when I look back on my experience, my own experiences with racism, I look back and I think, hang on, why did I why did I let that person say that to me? Yeah. Why was I okay with that in that moment? Because now I think about it and I just realise that that was completely wrong and 
I don't know how I also didn't see that at the time. That's why I think it's really important to discuss this sort of these issues on yeah. a platform like the podcast because it could not only spread awareness but you know make people realize that they should stand up for themselves and that yeah. they're not going through it themselves and that kind of leads on to like your own personal experiences and how have you dealt with them in the past and do you feel stronger now that you've matured with age or is it because you've done more research yeah so I think probably both so having that research and being more educated about it um, but also growing up and realizing what is right and what isn't right with my own experiences I think there's a few different ones and I think that one of them that I kind of always remembered is I, you know, in year seven, year eight, you're having some sort of silly argument with another girl and I honestly can't even remember what the argument was about. But all of a sudden she says to me, go back to your own country. And I'm kind of, and I'm just a bit paralyzed by that thought when it happened because what am I meant to say to that? And also, at such a young age, why is it taught that it's acceptable to say something like Definitely. that? Yeah. And it's kind of like, I was born here. This is my country yeah. as much as hers. And you're telling me to, like, to go back to my own country, but this is my own country. What, like, what have I done? Like, I know that whatever we were arguing about, fine, but to suddenly bring it into race. Yeah, to personalize yeah, it. Yeah, to personalize but it for sure. Also, just like you said, you this is your country as much as it is hers. So, yeah, it, it's, it's horrible. And for me, it kind of shocks me that it is happening, you know, in year seven. Yeah. When people are so young. And that just screams to me that this hasn't been spoken about. It hasn't. Yeah. People have got away with it for too long. And I think it shows that it's, it's kind of taught. Racism is taught and you don't realise it because it's so ingrained into society and you don't yeah you like you don't realize it like I know that a lot of people including myself will have subconscious biases but I know that I am also personally like working to make sure that I minimize that and hopefully Mm. completely get rid of it um at all but yeah when that happened I was just really shocked and I kind of you know what I know that it hurt me deep down but when it happened I just kind of laughed off like that's so ridiculous why would you say that to me because I do this is my country what do you mean go back to my country because I'm already here yeah so do you think I mean I can tell that it's had like a long lasting effect on you the fact that you are still talking about it today and it's just highlights to the fact that maybe an underlying comment that somebody says I mean it could be about anything these things do stick with people and it's just not fair I agree um to speak like that and it was yeah and it was really interesting because when you know, after an argument blows over, you both apologize. And she said, oh, I'm really sorry. And you know what? It was a typo. I didn't mean mean to say country. I meant to say go back to your own county. But what sense would that make to go back to your own county? It's just a bit ridiculous. Like if you're going to apologize, take full accountability and say it. Because obviously I'm not going to hold this one comment over this girl's head. I'm sure she's completely changed now. And that's Mm. not something that she would ever say. But I think it's important that when you do kind of have these instances that you actually do take full accountability for Mm. your actions. Yeah. Would you say that these sort of underlying comments started from when you were in primary school or as you've come through the school education, have they got worse? Yeah, I think that it, it comes in so many different forms. So 
more recently, I remember going out with a group of friends and, you know, we we're just having some dinner together, look, looking at the menu. And suddenly one of them, like they turn and they say to me, oh, well, Ashton's just going to eat dogs or something like that. And I... And now that I'm more mature, I can I feel more comfortable standing up for myself. Mm. And obviously, because it's a friend, I feel I don't feel that much that I I feel like comfortable enough to explain myself and explain that I'm actually offended by that. Like I genuinely said, yeah. that's not okay. I don't find that funny at all. Like I actually would kind of like an apology for that because it's not right, and I'm uncomfortable. I can't believe somebody would say that. I know, but it's I get that it was. You, you did it to make people laugh okay yeah I understand that and there's not really like malicious intent behind it but when I had said that to this person they just didn't they didn't apologize straight away and then kind of like oh it's a joke it's a joke yeah and then finally they apologized but continued to make those jokes and it's kind of like what was the, the point of is, your apology it's not a joke it's yeah. what's funny about it yeah literally and the thing is if you actually look back to the stereotype of it like the reason that Chinese people back in the day actually ate dog was because they were starving they were poor they had nothing else to eat so saying that is a bit a bit classist I guess because it's yeah. like what else could they have eaten apart from a dog like it's not their first choice and if we're really going to talk about it there's like it's not people don't eat Asian yeah. people don't eat dogs as much as you think they do I know that cases. I don't yeah and it's like minorities around the world like there's a Switzerland um christmas dinner i think and that's where they kind of they have some sort of meal with like dogs or cats or something like that and that's not really like people don't really they don't have as much Mm. um people don't say as much about asians and like eating dogs and cats as they do about people who may eat that in switzerland yeah i just think it shows that people are uneducated because like you said this was in extreme cases of famine yeah like in back in history so to sort of bring it up now is not only shows that you're not knowledgeable on the topic at yeah. all, but it's also silly because it's just not not relevant. Yeah. And I definitely think people shouldn't find those sorts of things funny or a joke because it's not. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's it was for me that they... So making the joke, yes. And if you have that kind of relationship with someone and you've made it clear that that's your friendship and those are the kind of things that you can joke about that's like who am I to tell you how to have your own relation like your relationship with your own friends or whoever that might be but if I've made it clear to you why are you then gonna continue to Mm. say that Mm. and I think that and for me it's like so wild because eating dogs and cats is so weird for me as well like I find it as weird as you do you know what and when I see like a cute cat cute dog and I mean, I love them. I think they're so cute as well. But I, in my head, I'm thinking I can't show as much affection for them because people, someone's going to make a joke and mm. I don't really want to deal with that today. I don't want to have to dampen the mood that everyone's having a lot of fun for someone to make a joke to try and add to that. But if I call it out, then it's just going to ruin the whole, mm. you know, the whole vibe of the place. Cause yeah. And it's it's just different because I know that another friend of mine had made a joke like that before about eating dogs. But again, straight away, I said, I'm not really okay with that. And she apologized straight away. Yeah. She was like, you know what? I'm really sorry. I don't know why I said that. And like completely understood and took yeah. full accountability. And I really appreciate that. And I think that obviously it's not ideal that people make racist comments yeah. or et cetera. But the, the, real, the real 
solution is people making that change like you can't obviously you're going to call it out but you can't hold it over people's heads forever and if they realize that it's wrong and they change then what else like what else would you want from that situation like you would want someone to change yeah I think it's good that you're really forgiving and especially if somebody holds accountability but I think this sort of expresses the importance of you know standing up in that moment and putting telling someone that they're wrong yeah and I hope you know this podcast maybe other people listen to this and kind of grow strength in standing up in everyday issues if they face this sort of racism yeah because Because if you don't stand up for yourself in this situation then it is gonna have you're gonna think about it all the time yeah I know you said very like kindly you don't want to dampen the mood but if it's gonna if it's hurt you then you need to speak up about it yeah and I think that that's the same for a lot of other people speaking to some of my other friends um he goes to another school and he is from South Korea and he was just saying that a lot of times that people will say things to him and he'll want to call it out but he just it's either he feels uncomfortable internally or he makes everyone else feel uncomfortable Mm. afterwards and it's kind of in your head when you realize it you're kind of thinking is it it worth it it? yeah Yeah, exactly and yeah it's just an interesting thing because when I when that person who's making those continuous jokes the people around me just didn't really say much they would kind of Mm. be like oh that's so bad but nothing yeah really to like kind of help and I completely get that it's it is hard to call it out you know like sometimes when you walk past and a stranger does something you kind of think like well that's not really right but then you kind of don't like you don't say something about it well maybe you do and you're a better person than I am um (laughs) but sometimes you're kind of like should I call it out and you kind of get scared and it's that peer pressure I guess and I get it I get it but it's if you can do it and you feel comfortable enough then I'd encourage you to do it if like people around you and you see it or Mm. even being that person affected but it's hard because if you don't do that then that person won't know that they've made a mistake or they won't know that they've offended you. That's what I think is really highlights the importance to address it then and so it doesn't continue because it's just going to escalate. Exactly. And also you know if you are a bystander or if you are in the same friendship group and you're witnessing this then definitely I think anyone should stand up and say that's not right. It doesn't have to be malicious or aggressive but if you don't say anything there's going to be no change yeah exactly and it's really unfortunate that people can't recognize it in themselves and not Mm -hmm. even make these jokes in the first place but yeah and I think when it comes from friends as well like yes you may you might feel a bit um embarrassed I guess but your friends are saying this because they care about you they want you to be a better person and if you know if your friend is doing something wrong then you'll obviously call them out and be like you know what like that's not if right if you do it with other situations then why wouldn't you do it with this sort of situation yeah. so how would you approach a situation where you're experiencing sort of um racism from people who aren't your friends so I remember in my old school there was a teacher she was my form tutor and we had her for about a year and she would just continuously call me the wrong name. She would call me, I mean, I'm not really going to say her name, but she would call me a different name from a girl who was also Asian, but she was from the Philippines and we look completely different. We have completely different personalities. And she would she would only get our, wrong, our names wrong and mixed up. Like it would be no one else's. And it just was like a common occurrence, like, when it happened and everyone would just kind of be like in the class, they'd just be like, her name's not 
Mm. you know and um it was just like how can you not know my name I know that you can't completely like how do you know that it's racism for sure Mm. but it felt like a microaggression it it kind of even if it wasn't racism it kind of upset me because I kind of had a relationship with this teacher like she was my form tutor I spoke to her quite a lot and you just don't like you don't know me you don't you can't even be bothered to make sure that you learn my name correctly your name plays a part in your identity yeah and if you don't even know if you're not willing to take the time to learn my name then it is sort of like demeaning yeah and it's kind of like basic manners isn't it to call someone the right name yeah and it's kind of like she's meant to be my form tutor like my first line of like support Mm. but she doesn't even know my name she can't even be bothered to get it correct so it's just kind of thinking to me that do I am I really supported in this place I mean it's good to hear that sort of your peers in the class yeah saying miss come on you know her name is Ashlyn um but yeah I can imagine that just was yeah it just happened so much that people we would just all say it together in unison like with that same miss that's that's not Mm -hmm. her name yeah do you think the pandemic has played a big role in the increase in hate crimes I would definitely say that that's a really big factor in do you think that's why you kind of wanted to speak about it today because it's been completely increased by the pandemic yeah I think that I never really it's so stupid to say, but I never really realized that I had experienced racism for like the longest time until more recently. And it's the pandemic making me realize that because a lot of people have used the pandemic to excuse their racism or to just kind of show that. And it was when a lot of people, it was so. It was when um, Boris Johnson posted something on Instagram, just saying "Happy Chinese New Year," you know, being that kind of post, and the comments were just filled with a lot of racist things, saying that no, like why would we, why would we wish them a happy Chinese New Year when they're the ones that have put us in this position? And maybe that's kind of the viewpoint of some people, but I think that what's the point of? blaming like placing blame like we're in this situation we're all in it together and also there's millions of people in China and Chinese people living in the UK and to say oh let's not celebrate Chinese New Year yeah is holding all those people accountable for something that like I never I'm Chinese I've never had the coronavirus Mm. which people probably may have thought if they see me walking down the street thinking oh she's she's kind of she's from Asia maybe we should stay clear of her she probably contains a lot of diseases mm. want to keep safe it's like so, yellow peril yeah it's just interesting because I saw some people talking about how it was a conspiracy and obviously I can could never confirm or deny that for you because I, I don't really know that but people were saying that they thought it was because um like China released it on purpose to help control their population but I just think that wouldn't really make sense for that yeah, because yeah you because, can't go around just saying those assumptions when you haven't really got any sort of evidence yeah. to base it on because it could as you're saying affect people mentally yeah. and, and offend people yeah exactly and I think that 
if they did that, then why would they work so hard to put in lockdown measures to keep people safe and stop mm. the cases from rising in China? And also, even if the Chinese government actually did that, why would you place like the blame on an Asian person who might not even be from China, but just yeah, looks has kind no of... no relation to the government Yeah, at all. exactly, exactly. Like, yeah. how could you put that blame on someone it's just not really fair have you felt that people have since the pandemic started have looked at you differently or have acted differently around you or is it more just you've seen how people have been acting towards Chinese people online and on social media the thing is it's hard to tell with that because obviously in a pandemic we're all trying to keep our distance from everyone and like all the strangers because you obviously don't know where they've been and just wanting to keep yourself safe. But I know that I, I don't know if it's me being sensitive potentially, but when I go out, I am on guard and Mm. I am thinking, okay, I need to mentally like prepare myself that someone might scream something at me because some, so many of my other friends have. My friend came back from South Korea um, at the start um, in September for school and he said that literally as soon as he landed someone in his car screamed at him and just said coronavirus like how to be demeaned to a virus that has killed over three million people it's quite offensive yeah I mean the pan you know coronavirus anyone can catch it it's spread all over the world um I don't understand why anyone would say that to somebody and kind yeah. of act like they're responsible or that they, you know, have it more like they're more likely to have it than somebody else when it affects everybody. Yeah. And people making jokes at the start, like before it didn't really affect um, like the UK. Mm. They were saying, circulating like videos of Asians eating bats saying, oh, look at what they eat. That's disgusting. I completely agree that is disgusting to the people who do that. I personally don't think it's something that I would want to do, but it's just showing that it's just really an unfair representation and to group people together like they're the same person, that's Mm -hmm. just completely untrue. And it's just interesting to see that there was, they actually, scientists actually found traces of the coronavirus in, um, I think March in Spain in a sewer in a yeah. like a sewage, but no one's ever and said anything about that. About yeah, and some people labeling the pandemic not by its correct scientific names, calling it Kung flu or China virus. And obviously, obviously, Kung flu is more. It's not as subtle as China China virus because, I guess, on the surface level, you kind of look at it and you think, you know what. I guess that's kind of accurate because it comes from there. But it just invites a lot more racism. And with these new variants, you know, the Indian variants, etc., there's not been a lot of... People don't act the same way to those kind of variants than the chi- like the where, where it started. How do you feel when you're scrolling through social media and you see, you know, people calling it the China vi- Chinese virus or speaking badly about China and blaming them has it had like a negative effect on you and your family or has it just made you aware that people are just really horrible and uninformed yeah I mean it's 
it's a lot. So I'm I'm from Hong Kong. So my mum is from Hong Kong and my dad is from Malaysia. And it's just really interesting to see that people have these racist opinions about people from China, but not all Asians are Chinese, you know. And there's people who aren't even from China, for example, the Philippines or Vietnam, and they're getting assaulted. And in that case of Vichra Ratanapakdi, who was um, from Thailand, that they had also been assaulted. But they're not even from China. People don't, like, they don't care if you're, I, I, I don't think that they care if you're from China or not. I think they see They just you. generalize it. Yeah. And it's not even, yeah. And it's, it's like a- Asia is a continent. It has so many different countries for, and people always forget that, you know, like Southern Asia is a thing. People from India and Pakistan, like they're also Asian too. But in regards to what you said before about scrolling through Instagram and seeing that, um, it's seeing that, but also with the hate crime. So I do follow a few accounts um, just to stay educated and keep updated with what's going on in the world. And I think I remember like two weeks ago and seeing just multiple posts about multiple attacks and loads of instances happening. And it was just really demoralizing mm-hmm. for me. It felt... It, I don't really know how to explain it, but when you see it and you kind of think, that could have been me, that could have been anyone in my family, any of my Asian friends, and I'm lucky that it's not me. And it's it got so bad to the point that my mum had said to me, you know what, when you go out, you need to be careful. You need to start being careful. But actually trying to unpack that, how yeah. am I meant to be careful? How could I possibly change the way that I look so that I don't have to suffer these prejudices so that I can ensure my safety and also why am I responsible for someone else's actions or you know their comments it was just that really I think that stuck with me and it's kind of still with me now because it's just it just sounds like the craziest thing that you say to a victim that they need to prepare themselves they need to protect themselves and not trying to actually say you know what people need to stop doing this you need to change your behavior yeah, if the that fact applies that to you you know people are telling you personally to be careful when you're not the issue other yeah. people need to be told other people need to be informed other people need to become better people and realize that it's not okay to be prejudiced to anybody yeah like despite like what they look like or how tall they are or any you know personality factors and I I'm just I feel a bit lucky that my grandparents still they live in Hong Kong and Malaysia respectively so my so I think I mentioned before that my dad was Mm -hmm. from Malaysia so his mother lives there and my mum's mum lives in Hong Kong and I'm kind of thankful that they're not here or in America or any other country that's happening in because I mean I would really I would be so scared and I've seen people online saying that they're so worried about their grandparents because it is the elderly getting attacked and she told her grandma that she's not and an influencer told her grandma that she's not allowed to go out because mm-hmm. they just can't take that risk of her going out because one there's a deadly pandemic going around mm-hmm. a deadly virus and secondly that she could just be attacked or any just 
a comment that gets made you think it's so minor but it really does stay yeah. with you you really think about it a lot and I'm sure that person wouldn't even realize you made it but it does it has its effects and I know that I can say that from personal experience I think the thing is that the elderly are getting target, targeted the most unfortunately and it's because everyone knows that they're the most vulnerable you know that there was um, an attack on an elderly Asian in um, America and she fought back and there was the vid- there was a video of this and the person who assaulted her, he looked so surprised. He was completely shocked because he, he picked his target on purpose, you know, he chose to assault this woman and for some reason it didn't occur to him that she would stick up for herself, that she would fight back. It was just kind of funny to me, but also, but equally, it enraged me more because he attacked her because he thought that he would be able to get away with it. He Mm. thought that she wouldn't do anything and that he could just do this and there would be no consequences with it. And for that, I think that woman is amazing. And there was, I know there was a few, um, there was a few like GoFundMe links um, for her for her recovery in hospital yeah and I know there's there's been a um a good few other ones so in the Atlanta shootings unfortunately six people six Asian women died and um I think another person was injured and she there was one victim I can't remember her name um but she had two children I think two sons and she was obviously their main source of income and she was the head of the house and they couldn't. They can't really survive without her. And so there's been a few GoFundMe links for people like that in that situation. But I think it was just really devastating because I. I mean, I really, I really wish I remembered her name because I, d- I don't want to just keep referring to her without her name. But um, yeah, she was. She would be work. She would work a lot and send money back to her family and her relatives. And I think it was. She had a birthday. I don't know when it was, but. Her rel- it was crazy because her relatives didn't even know she died until a day later or two days later and they just thought it was fine and they were sending videos like, oh, happy birthday, etc. I think that's just so heartbreaking to for the family that they didn't even realise that she had died, you know. And I don't know, it's just the fact that she moved to another country for a good life and she tried to she worked hard to raise her children and still tried to support her family as a single mother I just think that speaks volumes about her character because obviously raising children is a huge task but when you're doing it on your own I do I do not know how single mothers do it I don't know how my mum does it but she's an inspiration you know little superhero (laughs) yeah so do you think social media is a positive platform for spreading awareness and sort of standing up and speaking about these issues? Or do you think that it's actually does more harm than good? And, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's a harder one because obviously seeing the videos that have been circulated around, it's hard because when you look at it, it is obviously visually mm. upsetting and you kind of see that. And you you wouldn't want to see anyone getting beaten up or stabbed or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's hard because there's so much good that can be done. I know that I've seen so many things online that I have felt actually educated and 
educated for and it's bettered me as a person that because there's so many resources seeing that um for example what's going on in palestine and so many other things like with the china concentration camps learning about those and if i hadn't learned about it then i mean it's just widening your like your perspective as a person Mm -hmm. and you should keep up to like current affairs um but i do think that so much good can be done because I've read a lot of things and thought you know what I've never thought about that before Mm. that's completely right and if I'd never seen that before I wouldn't have been able to change and then I after those kind of things when you see a post on Instagram I get that some people initially might think that what would sharing a post do on Instagram but I think it actually does a lot I know that in my group chat when we see something we'll share it to them we'll just discuss it completely afterwards and if we hadn't seen that post, we would have never had that discussion. We would have never known what was going on and we wouldn't kind of be the pers- the people that we are today. Yeah, I agree. I think it is good. I've heard and I've become aware to a lot of topics that I probably wouldn't have if it wasn't for social media. But yeah. I also do believe that social media can be negative because there's no filter and Definitely. there's biased and you could read about something and get completely the wrong end of the stick yeah. and that could have negative repercussions. I think it's checking what where you're receiving your information from. Yeah. Social media, you need to be careful because obviously there'll be a lot of kind of fake news going on. But if you know that it's a reliable account, for example, if it's, I don't know, if it's from like the BBC and you see yeah. something about them reporting some kind of hate crime, et cetera, but you know that for sure that it's completely, it's true, it's factual and it's objective yeah. and it's just telling you what actually happened. Um, yeah, and I think social media has played a really vital role in um, the pandemic and during lockdown when we couldn't all unite together yeah. and we could, it gave us a platform to unite together about these issues and to discuss them, to you know, put them on our stories, yeah. and to realize that it could be mental health or um, any sort of matter that you're not the only person who's going through it, and there are other people, and we can stand up to these issues such as Asian racism together. Yeah, I agree, and it's not even just sharing stories. People will post like petitions that you should that you can yeah. sign, and. I'm sure that you probably would have wanted to sign a few of them, but you would have never have known about them if it wasn't for that. And also having links to various other websites that can be very good um, and educational, but also they'll also provide links to charities that you might want to support or you might want to know more about. Mm. Um, I know there have been a few, so I don't know if you've seen the film, but there was a film that came out a few years ago called Crazy Rich Asians and um, two actors from it, Gemma Chan and... Henry Golding have set up a charity. I think it's called um, the Asian and Southeast Asian Community Fund. And that's currently growing now. And it's that's also in the UK. But another really good one is End the Virus of Racism, which is also based in the UK. And if anyone is listening to this and might want to find out more, then they can go to those links. And also if anyone's using Instagram, there's other... Um, good accounts called um, Next Shark. Next Shark is a really good one. Um, Intersectional ABC is also really good. I think that they they touch on um, not just Asian racism, and we'll talk about other important matters, which I think is really important. And um, because I think 
with your activism and what you kind of speak out about, if you speak out about Asian racism, then why wouldn't you also speak out about racism from for other like ethnic minorities, yeah. for example, with black people? You know, if I see, if I'm trying to raise awareness for my for like Asian racism and I see another problem going on that I can do that I can do something to help them why wouldn't I you know it's not transactional I think if you're actually true about it then you will see like all matters and it's not I know that you can label them but it's still kind of the same problem that people are facing prejudices yeah um and it's good to sort of explore these accounts and as you said stumble across other things yeah that's not just to do with the one topic you started off looking at um which is really good yeah so I know that social media has been like a massive platform in sort of spreading awareness, but what do you think people can do to help, you know, fight against this racism? Do you think um, it's signing polls or is it being active if you're a bystander? Like, what do you think people can do? I think that it's, I guess it's what you're comfortable with as well, but just speaking out, if you see something happening, I think speaking out will help because the person affected, I know that they'll feel a lot more supported because I remember seeing when some people were sharing um, information about Asian racism and what you can do to help and et cetera, and just raising awareness. Seeing that made me feel hugely supported. It made me feel, it made me feel like my life was valued and that people actually cared about it and that it speaks so much about that you know it, I can't explain how that felt but it was when you it with this kind of topic it's so nice to know that you have that support and people are there for you and they don't also think that you're just a person who carries diseases um but also I think that it's again so witnessing it and calling it out if you can I mean I know that everyone's not really comfortable with that and people have their own anxieties about that so it's kind of what you're comfortable with in that um case but also i also you could donate to any charities if you wanted to or sign any petitions that could possibly help um but it's i think it's just the small things you know yeah and it's if you can do that with your friends kind of calling your friends out then it's your that you are making change mm. and it will benefit mm. everyone around you I also think that as a general rule, look at everybody for who they are and get to know them irrelevant to what they look like or their race. Um, And this goes with like any minority group. And whether it's, you know, calling somebody out, like you said, when you feel comfortable or doing more research to educate yourself on the matters, even though you might not be changing the world, as you said, little tiny things all add up and do have a massive effect. Yeah, for sure. Um, We really appreciate um, speaking on behalf of all the podcast team. We really appreciate you speaking about your issues and, you know, talking about personal things that you've been through. And I do believe that this is going to have a really positive outcome and spread awareness. And hopefully people will be inspired by you speaking so well about the topic to speak up and also stand up for themselves. Yeah, I just equally want to say thank you as well to you because and the rest of the team for having me here because it's this is an amazing platform. And I know that for this to be, to be able to educate people who are listening in this and I know this school is 
you know, a lot of educated people go here, but certain topics may not be covered just because, you know, some you just don't think to cover things like issues like these. But um, I just wanted to kind of say that this is all kind of from my own opinion and I don't speak for the rest of the community. If you talk to someone else, they could possibly and probably will have a lot of different views to what I have. Obviously, we would want to eliminate racism as a whole, but I think the most press- the most pressing issues here is the hate crimes. But I understand that I may not have touched on everything that, you know, all the issues that the Asian community do face. For example, the desexualization of Asian men and the fetishization of Asian women and countless other, you know, topics with subtopics within it. But I'm just really grateful that I've been able to speak about this today and Again, massive thank you to Allegra and the rest of the team. Um, thank you so much for finding the time. Um, we really appreciate this um, and you speaking about such personal topics. And I want to wish you all the best of luck for your A-levels. I'm going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs>